0: But if we fall, we'll die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Greetings. This is Carl. And those were the words of my friend V as we were climbing a mountain in Wyoming, the Grand Teton. And I want to tell you a little bit about that because it's a really interesting story about how we view risk. So the Grand Teton is this beautiful mountain in Grand Teton National Park in Wyoming. And you can hike up. A long ways on the mountain, but at a certain point, it becomes a technical rock climb, which would involve putting on harnesses and using rope and then specialized equipment to catch you if you fall. So the person who's going first climbs up and and every so often decides to put this specialized equipment that we call protection and attach it to the rock rock and then run the rope through it. So if you fall, that piece of protection will catch you. And I had climbed the Grand Teton a couple of times at this point, and I had done it fairly recently. So I was, I was pretty familiar with the route and pretty comfortable on it. it. It's not the route we were doing. While it was really what we call exposed, which means, you know, if you looked, I mean, you're a long ways up, so it feels very open and airy and, Frankly, it can be really quite scary if you're not used to it. So while it was very exposed, the, the climbing itself wasn't particularly hard. Or we would use the word technical. It wasn't very hard. So, and the fact that I had done it, I felt pretty comfortable on it. I was, as I was leading up the climb, you know, I would go up to a certain point and then I would attach myself to, a, to the rock using some of the specialized equipment. And then I would pull the rope up, and the person coming next, in this case, my friend V, would, as V would climb, I would pull the rope in, so he was safe. And, you know, every foot he climbed, I'd pull, pull a foot of rope up, so he was safe. But as I was going up, you know, it sort of depended, my safety sort of depended on how often I attached one of these pieces of protection or specialized gear to the rock, Right. And given my level of familiarity with the route and the, the ease of the climbing and my comfort up there, I had sort of prioritized moving a little bit faster rather than stopping to put in this, this protection to protect myself. So I had spaced it out a little bit. In, in the climbing world, sometimes we call that like running it out. Like there's lots of space between you, which just means you would fall a little further if you fell. So I had done that. Now, again, V had never been on this mountain. He was a good climber and is now really good. But he'd never been. This was his first time. And it it's, it feels pretty scary because you're up so high. So as we got to a certain spot on the mountain, and I was pulling V up, and when he got up to me, he said, and it's important maybe to to mention, V is a an engineer by training, right? That's just stereotypically. That's important. As V got up to me, he said something like, wow, that I think, as I recall, he said something like, Hey, that was kind of irresponsible. You should have put more protection in. And it was mainly me. It wasn't him. You should have put more protection in. And I said, Oh, you'd, you'd have to, I, I was like, look, the climbing's so easy. You'd have to kind of try to fall. And he said, he looked me in the eyes and said, yeah, but if we do, we'll die. And it was a really interesting experience for me because I realized almost right there that I was focused on the probability of falling, which I had placed at basically zero. And, and I, I want to be careful with that. Like, yes, there could be some objective hazards, like a rock could fall. So I'd, I'd put in enough protection that if something completely out of left field happened, I didn't think I was at huge risk or I wouldn't have done it that way. But nonetheless, I was focused on the probability. Like I, even I said, like, oh, you'd have to try to fall. Like it'd be really hard to fall. Like the chance of me falling was next to zero in my mind. Like I was focused on the probability of falling. Vron or V was focused on the consequence of falling. And those are two very different things. And the calculus of risk changes if you start to think about both, which is the right way to do it. Okay, so let's just walk through this. If, in this case, if the probability, if I had placed the probability of falling at 10%, but if you do, you die, (laughs) that's a much different calculus than if I'm riding my skateboard and I say, well, I fall quite often, you know, it's like 50-50 chance, but if I do, I'll skin my elbow, So the probability might be 50%, but the consequence is a skinned elbow. That's a completely different discussion. I remember realizing this on that climb. And I know I read, I think in Nassim Taleb's book, he talks about this too, the odds and the consequences. But it started to show up everywhere. I remember having a discussion with one of my kids about texting and driving. I think this is some real insight into conversations with teenagers because I know as a teenager, I was never, I mean, I never was thinking about the consequence of the failure. I was a hundred percent all, and I didn't know this, but I was a hundred percent thinking about the probability. You know, if you say to me, don't text and drive and I'm a teenager, and I say, well, why? Well, because you could die. I, I say in my mind, like, I don't know anyone, you know, asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. I don't know anyone who's died from texting and driving. And of course that's small sample size problem. <laughs> because certainly people do, lots of people, right? Like it lot but in my small sample size as a 18 year old, I don't know any giant asterisk. I don't know anyone. Right. So I'm, I'm thinking like the probability is zero. I don't even oh, the consequence. Oh, I don't even consider the consequence. And I've had these conversations with new risk takers. I, I don't even want to say like teenagers because it's there. I've had these conversations with friends, backcountry skiing. I've had these conversations with endless number of conversations about investment risk. You know, it's entirely different situation, right? If risk shows up in your portfolio and you're going to be down 10 or 20% and you like, oh, that means you, you know, you wait an extra year to retire. Like that's a big deal, but that's not the end of the world. That's a completely different decision than if I take my whole portfolio and bet it on the next best thing and I lose it all. You know, completely different decision. So, I think what's interesting is to always ask and play a little game. It's almost like a, a math formula. If I can take the probability of the event, along with some estimation of the consequences, and I multiply them, I get some sense. And I, I if I remember right, um, if I remember right, this showed up in another. I'm trying to recall the name of the book, and I can't right now the idea of of using that as an equation. But my point here is, remember, like, there's almost no way we're going to fall. But if we do, we'll die. That's both sides of the risk equation. Cheers, my friends.